Howdy do, I'm James Baquet, also known as the Temple Guy. Hey, podcast listeners, can I ask you a favor? I don't get very good analytics from my various podcasting platforms, and I'd like to know who's listening on what. Could I ask you to send a quick email to me at thetempleguy@gmail.com at gmail.com and just put the name of your podcatcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or some other, in the subject line? Again, that's the Temple Guy, 12 letters, one word, T-H-E-T-E-M-P-L-E-G-U-Y, at gmail.com. It'll help a lot. Thanks. And now, on with the show! In the splendor that is Xi'an, Wolong Temple barely registers on most itineraries. Yet, it's called the oldest temple in Shanxi province. And being inside the city walls, it's quite convenient. Let's take a look in this landmark 100th episode of... Temple Tale. Wolong Temple, the name of which means Sleeping Dragon, lies on an alley near the South Wall, not far from the massive South Gate of the city of Xi'an, and very close to the much smaller Nanshao Gate on Wanyi or Baishulin Road. We walk 20 minutes or so from Guangrun Temple, see episode 098, to West Street, took a bus to the Bell Tower, and another to the South Gate and walked another 15 minutes or so to Wolong. As we walked, we passed the gate to the Steely Forest, or Beilin Museum, which Leela would visit a few days later while I paid a second visit to Wolong. As is my custom, I'll treat the two visits to the Sleeping Dragon as one. As near as I can figure, the temple claims to have been founded in the reign of Emperor Ling of the Han Dynasty, 168-189, who, according to Wikipedia, quote, was not interested in state affairs, and preferred to indulge in women and a decadent lifestyle, end quote. The corruption arising from his mismanagement resulted in the peasant-led Yellow Turban Rebellion in 184, the opening event in the Ming Dynasty novel, The Romance of the Three Kingdoms. This founding date is very near when Buddhism's early history in China arises out of the mists of legend. There's some indication that it was originally located elsewhere and moved here when the area enclosed by the city walls was reduced in size sometime after the Five Dynasties and Ten Kingdoms period, which was 907 to 979. It was named Fuying, maybe meaning accepting fortune, in the Sui Dynasty, 581 to 618. In the Tang, essentially 618 to 907, it became Guanin Temple, named for a notable drawing by Wu Daozi, a famous master of the time, of Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva of Compassion, that was housed there. It acquired its current name from Emperor Taizong of the Song Dynasty, 976 to 997, perhaps when it was moved? Wolong was the nickname of a master named Wei Guo, then abbot of the temple, who apparently slept a lot. An aside, auto-translation can be full of surprises. Instead of saying something like, Wei Guo spent the day getting a high amount of sleep, Google gave me, Wei Guo stayed high all day long. Sleeping dragon indeed. Wolong Temple was once one of the leading monasteries of the city, reaching its peak in the Qing Dynasty only to be largely destroyed in the Republican period. Rebuilt on a more modest scale beginning in 1931, it's now a relatively sleepy place compared to other attractions inside the walls. On both of the summer days I visited, I never had to fight crowds. For centuries, the temple had three courtyards side by side. After liberation in 1949, the West Courtyard became a funeral management office per a Chinese webpage, and the East was turned into a playground for a primary school. Today only the Middle Courtyard remains. 
The first thing we see as we approach Wolong Temple from the street is a simple grill fence in front of an open courtyard, with the mountain gate standing at the back. As with the Heavenly King's Hall, a jolly Mila Fo sits in the center of the hall with a Wei Tuo or Guardian General behind him. See episode 003 regarding these two. But instead of the four kings, this hall has statues of the two great guardians, Hung and Ha. See episode 027 about them. Past the mountain gate is a second courtyard with a hall dedicated to Guanyin or Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva on the left and one for Dizang, Kshitigarbha Bodhisattva, on the right. Ordinarily, these two would be housed in a drum and bell tower, respectively, in this location, but no instruments were in sight. These are just halls. The two towers, in fact, were a little further along, on either side of the next hall. At the rear of this courtyard is the Four Heavenly Kings Hall, flanked by the two towers, but unusually, Jie Lan, who is also the historical figure Guan Yu, was placed in the center, and another statue of Wei Tuo behind him. That makes six guardian figures in the one hall. Along either side of the courtyard are the traditional etchings of the sixteen arhats, eight on a side, who, as we shall see, are missing from the main hall. The third courtyard was tree-filled and has a patriarch's hall on the left and offices on the right. At the rear is the Dashyong Baodian, the precious hall of the great hero, dedicated to the historical Shakyamuni Buddha. On our late August, early September 2009 visit, an amazing set of the 24 Zhutian, or gods, were being painted in place. History in the making. Many of these figures are from Indian tradition, including the gods Brahma and Indra. It was interesting to watch the artists at work. The modern look of the statues matches that of Hung and Ha in the first hall, as well as the four kings in the second. Five primed but not painted figures sat on the main altar. From left to right, a small standing figure of the Buddha's attendant Ananda, Pushien or Samantabhadra on an elephant, the Shakyamuni Buddha, one Shu or Manjushri on a lion, and a small standing figure of Kashapa, the Buddha's other attendant. A jade Buddha sat in front of all, with bronze figures of the two bodhisattvas on either side, probably serving as substitutes until the larger figures were painted and their eyes opened, that is, they were dedicated. All of these figures are discussed in episode 002. In the fourth and last courtyard, also filled with trees, an unnamed hall on the left holds figures of more Dizongs, who vowed to save all beings from hell, with memorial tablets for deceased loved ones on the walls. A great compassion hall in the very center of the courtyard has a statue of a thousand-armed Guanyin and beautiful painted panels on the walls telling stories of how she has rescued people. And a hall for Yaoshifuo, the medicine Buddha holding his usual pagoda, stands on the right of the courtyard. Many helpers gathered together. Two more large unmarked halls stand on either side of the courtyard, in line with the two just mentioned. Having not seen any residence or dining halls, I wondered if that's what these were. Though there was a wooden fish and a flat gong, signs of a dining hall, in a shelter up near the office, there didn't seem to be dining facilities near there. And there may indeed have been some buildings on either side of the main compound, vestiges of the former east or west compounds, especially near the rear of the temple. At the back of this courtyard is a Dharma hall, housing a fine jade statue of an earth-touching Buddha, with bronze statues of his attendants, Ananda and Kashapa. And that's about that. The temple was obviously in the midst of dramatically upgrading its statuary in some fairly new-looking buildings. I wouldn't mind seeing what it looks like now. Until next time, may you and your loved ones, and all sentient beings, be well and happy. Adios, amigos! Hey, check out the newsletter, which serves as the show notes for this episode, number 100, woohoo, 100 episodes, at templetales.substack.com. It has pictures and links, 
And at that address, you'll also find the archive with all of the newsletters. I really do think you'll be glad you did.